and RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford is in the studio. Kia ora, Giles. Sparks profits have increased. Kia ora to you, Charlotte. Yes, the telecommunications company's profit has skyrocketed. That comes after selling its majority stake, or the majority stake in its mobile towers, and quitting its loss-making sports streaming business. Profit for the year ended June $1.14 billion, that compares with $410 million a year ago. But that does include $529 million in one-off costs from the tower sale and the like. Leaving that to one side, the underlying profit was up 5.6% to $433 million. It increased mobile services revenue, broadband revenue fell partly because of strong competition, and also there was crimped revenue from cloud computing. Spark Chief Executive Jolie Hodson says it's well positioned to gain market share in data centres. If you look across the board, we have the most extensive network within New Zealand, 16 data centres. We're investing uh, in our Takanini data centre, which is an expansion, um, and we have a range from that, the hyperscale, through to um, what we'd call sort of a carrier hotel, which has high connectivity of uh, international subsea cables um, and other fibre into there. So we have a range of data centre offerings that we can um, make to our customers and obviously the security and engineering services that are around that. So we think we're well placed to participate and gain share in this growing market within New Zealand because what you're seeing is what's driving obviously investment and demand is is the growth and workloads moving into cloud no matter what form they're in. Data centre is a digital infrastructure. We're very good at um, growing and, and investing and building in digital infrastructure. It's core of what we do. So we see this as a good opportunity and one that we've already got a proven track record in. And the reward for Spark shareholders, an increase in the final dividend by $0.02 cents to $0.27 cents a share. Fonterra's cut its milk price forecast for the second time in two weeks, this time shaving another 25 cents to take the midpoint forecast range to $6.75 a kilo of milk solids. Well, that midpoint is the lowest since the 2018-19 season, but farmers did enjoy a record payout last year with a final milk price of $9.30. Slumping prices at this week's global dairy auction were being uh, the main cause for the latest cut with milk powder or whole milk powder prices falling 11% and prices down at five-year lows. Fonterra's chief executive, Miles Hurrell, says more product was put on the market at this week's auction, but he says there's little else the co-op can do but run down its stocks. We sell through various channels, GDT being one, and of course GDT is a transparent one where you can see where the market falls. But what uh, what we're also seeing is you know, our sales off GDT have been a bit sluggish, whether it be China or beyond that. So it's our off GDT sales have been a bit sluggish, so therefore you know, we've, we've got to put product onto the market to move it. I mean, we simply we run a, you know, a perishable product that uh, you can't sit on for too long, and so we've just got to keep moving to find where the market is. And so putting product on GDT is, is a way to do that. And so while we don't like to see this, it is is a reflection of the demand is a little bit soft right now. We're coming into our season a lot more milk. It's the same way, you know, when we were paying eight, eight something a year or so ago, it was, you know, demand was quite strong at a time when there wasn't a lot of milk. So that, that is a truly the market playing out. Miles Hurrell says demand's expected to pick up again next year, but he is dampening expectations of a quick rebound. 
The Commerce Commission says energy lines companies need to be more transparent about the uh, information that they give to consumers and the way they run themselves. The regulator wants increased disclosure requirements to improve consumer understanding of the way lines companies perform and compare that with other companies. Now, the lines companies already report each year on their performance, including pricing, future spending plans, outages and interruptions and financial performance. Commerce Commission General Manager Andy Burgess says increased disclosure will become more important as demand for such things as electric vehicle charging puts more pressure on local networks. It's important that the information is out there, particularly uh, on congestion, because there are new business models which are around which can save money for consumers and having this information out there will help those businesses plan what they can offer. And on vegetation management, so managing lines, uh, trees overhanging lines, um, just so that we're all clear about how the, the industry is performing and we and consumers have more and more information to, to, to form a view on how the lines companies are doing. That's Andy Burgess from the Commerce Commission. Well, a part of the National Party's consumer finance policy that was released yesterday is to roll back what it calls the red tape of the credit finance laws and to scrap the Conduct of Financial Institutions Act, known in the trade as COFI. Well, that arose from the Combined Reserve Bank Financial Markets Authority review in 2018-19, which shook up banks, finance and insurance companies. It brought to light behaviour, which resulted in more than $150 million of refunds and court action. Well, as a result, that's led to a licensing system for financial services firm, code of ethical treatment for customers, transparency and good faith dealings, and with the Financial Markets Authority in uh, command. The chief executive of the credit union First Credit, Simon Scott, accepts that enhanced consumer protections are necessary, but he says the Kofi rules and licensing went too far. I can't see why that couldn't be put into prudential standards um, with the Reserve Bank or what the FMA levers have already got. I mean, you've still got consumer guarantees, you've got um, Commerce Commission looking at everything, It, it just... From our point, it did look a a little bit of overreach, and I suppose the lens we've got on it is that uh, we exist for our members um, solely, 100%. So that's what we do uh, every day. It would have been nice if we'd been carved out of it anyway. But I I actually, to be blunt, agree that it, it should just be gone before it even arrived. That's the Chief Executive of the Credit Union First Credit, Simon Scott. Let's catch up on financial markets now. I'm joined by Sam Howard of Jardin Securities. Kira to you, Sam. Hi, Giles. Well, it was uh, a good result from Spark, but there doesn't seem to be much other thing that's cheering up the share, local share market at the moment. Not really, yeah, but we can hear today, um, and that's been led by uh, softer markets offshore, the S&P um, 500, uh, that finished at uh, 4,370, so off, off about 1%, and, and US markets were down about that much. But also higher interest rates, and just a weaker Kiwi have led uh, New Zealand a bit weaker today. The uh, Yeah, so so there was um, a few bright spots in New Zealand, Port of Tauranga, A2 Milk, Infratil, Precinct, and Spark, all a bit stronger today, uh, but, but generally weakness across the board. Just give us a headline for what's happening in Australia, and then the currency, please. Yeah, the Australians uh, are pretty flat at the moment. The S and P two or the ASX two hundred is at seven thousand one hundred and thirty, so ab- about straight, about square. Um, miners doing doing best over there. 
Um, as I said, weakness in currency this week. The New Zealand dollar currently buying 0.5927 US, 0.9245 Australian, 0.4648 sterling, 0.5452 euro, and 8640 yen. Uh, Interest rates currently 90-day bank bills at 568, Brent crudes at 8368, and gold currently at 1891 US an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Sam Howard of Jarden Securities. Other little tidbits of business news this lunch hour. Personal liability insurance has become almost universally adopted by company directors as they face growing personal risk. A survey by the Institute of Directors shows that uh, 98.7% of those surveyed directors of companies are now covered by third-party liability insurance. That's up from 89.5% last year and compares with 78.5% in 2020. The Institute of Directors General Manager of Learning and Engagement, Michael Fraser, says the near double-digit increase over the past year is due to the growing challenges in governance. And the Livestock uh, Improvement Corporation, which looks after animal genetics, cattle in particular, narrowed its guidance, uh, earnings guidance on the back of that uh, latest reduction on forecast milk prices and a pullback in farmer spending. It now expects its underlying earnings for the new financial year in the range of 17 to $22 million. That's down from the previous range of 22 to $28 million. It says it's assuming there are no further cuts in milk prices uh, and no more severe weather events. That's it for now. Business news and numbers updated for you around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, back to you, Charlotte. Kia ora. Thank you very much, Giles Bickford.